My dear respected elders, brothers, says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran al-Kareem, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ When the victory from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came and people began entering into Islam multifold, in droves, in groups. Of course, in the first years of Makkah Mukarramah, it was difficult for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to convince even a single person. And in the days of Hajj, مَنْ يَأْوِينِي مَنْ يَسْمَعُ Is there anyone to open the tent and listen to my message? And the uncle of the Prophet would go around telling the people that this is a majnoon. He is my nephew. No one knows him better than the people of Makkah and no one knows him better than his own household. He's just a lunatic. He's a person that has gone astray. Don't listen to him. Be careful of him. So the Prophet never had an audience. And it was the struggle that took him out of Makkah to go to Taif with some sort of hope that the people of Taif would listen to him. But they also turned him back. And then he came to Medina Munawwara. The people of Medina accepted him, but still not the outer clans, the Arabian Peninsula, the wider kings. When the Sulh Hudaybiyah happened, when Hudaybiyah, which was a pact between the Quraysh and the Prophet, that they would not attack one another for 10 years. When that took place, that allowed the Prophet to send his messengers to the four corners of the world. And hence we find that there were letters that went to Tabuk. There was letters that went furthermore to the Roman king, the Byzantine Empire in Ilia, which is Palestine today, up to Constantinople, the Makokas, the Egyptian king, the Najashi in Abyssinia, and furthermore to Kisra, to Bahrain. Letters went everywhere. And in there, Nabi Karim was very concise. That this is the message of Allah. I was foretold in the Torah and the Injil that I'm coming. And I came just to call you to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not a political game or a fight for power. This is about the akhirah and the hereafter and your success. Taslim tuslam. Accept Islam, you'll be safe. That's it. A simple letter, a few lines. And some of those letters are still there till today. You can see in the museums. My Prophet sent his Sahaba out. Now, my beloved, subhanAllah, one of such of letters was sent to the people of Najran. Najran is a city that exists till today in the southern part of Saudi Arabia. Normally, Saudi, we know it as deserts and sand and mountains. But as you come to the southern part, which is on the border of Yemen, it gets very mountainous and green. It's a complete different landscape. The Prophet ﷺ know that there is a big concentration of Christians living there. So he sends this letter to that concentration of Christians known as the Nasara of Najran. And what he says, Bi Yaqub wa Ishaq. He knew that they revere Ishaq and Yaqub So he said, in the name of Yaqub and Ishaq, your prophets, I call you to this deen of Islam 
I'm from the children of Ismail, who is the brother of Ishaq. I'm your cousin. So, always start with something which is mutually acceptable. Allah says in the Quran Kareem, when you're calling the non-Muslims, تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ أَلَّا نَعْبُدَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ let's look, let's look at our commonalities. Let's look where we can step together. The first thing, you believe in Allah and I believe in Allah. So we are, alhamdulillah, already under one umbrella. Now let's try to sort out the differences thereafter. We're not supposed to make shirk with Allah. So that will bring their heart closer to you. It will make them listen to you. You don't have to sell your ideals. You don't have to change your religion. But look for a common factor that brings you all together and then take the conversation forward. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, so Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam writes this letter to the people of Najran. Now there were many, many different contingencies, there were many different small wufud and delegations that came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam earlier. It is mentioned that from all around the Arabian Peninsula, from Africa, even from as far as the subcontinent which we know as India, people were coming to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that is why till today in the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you will see there are three different pillars. Number one is the pillar of As-Sarir. And this is where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would sit in his i'tikaf and he would relax and Aisha radiallahu anha says, from there we had a little window which would open directly in my home. And whilst Rasulullah was in i'tikaf, I would comb his hair or hand him over something he needs. The second pillar is Ustuana al-Hirasa, the pillar of security. And this is where Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu and many other sahaba would take turns in protecting the Prophet from any harm. At night, maybe someone wants to come and harm the Prophet. Until one day he came and he asked each one of them to go back. And he said, Allah will protect you from the people. Allah will protect you, O Prophet of Allah. There's no need for people to be your security guards. And then he told the, the Sahaba, go and sleep. From now on, I don't want security or guards around me. Directly, I have the hifaza and the protection of Allah. Thirdly, you get a pillar after that is called Ustuwanatil Wufud, the pillar of delegations. This is where the Prophet would love to sit and he would receive the delegations. And when he was passing away, he passed away on the Monday, the 12th of Rabiul Awwal, and on the 9th or on the 10th. It was the 10th morning, it was on a Saturday. The Prophet ﷺ came out and he spoke. This was his last time he spoke to the Sahaba. And he gave a type of a sermon. And amongst those things that he said in that sermon was that be careful of the Ansar, look after them. And he said, be kind to the delegations that will come here after my death. So he told me and you, we need to be kind to the people of Medina. And he told the people of Medina to be kind to me and you. 
See how far-sighted he was. That some people will come and they will dishonor the people of Medina. So he said, be kind to the Ansar when there was no one to help me. It's them that gave me a place to stay. If it was not Hijrah, I would have been from the people of the Ansar. And on the other side, he's telling them, the people of Medina, delegations will come from various parts of the world. I'm giving you wasiyah, be kind to them, be good to them. Like how in my life, I would make an extra effort to be kind to any delegation that came to my masjid. So my beloved, subhanallah, these delegations came, one after the other. And they came in from the fourth year of him making the hijrah, fifth year, sixth year, in small droves. People came from Tai, people came from, you know, those tribe, people came from Yemen. And there was a king that came from India as well, from Kerala. People came, the Bukhari Sharif had, he gave a gift to the Prophet Sallallahu a bag. The Prophet Sallallahu liked that bag, right? And some pickles also. So these delegations came. It is said that when any delegation came to Rasulullah he would get very happy and he would dress up very, very, mashallah, sharp. The reason is that, okay, in our normal day life, we were just normal people, don't have that extra time to put on the extra effort to dress up every day. Alhamdulillah, whatever is simple. The lifestyle was very simple. But people are coming from outside, the Prophet would put extra effort to put on a jubba, put on a amama, put up some kuhul, and present himself, subhanallah, amazingly to them. Although he was so beautiful anyway. And he would wear a jubba, a yamaniya, a yamani jubba, and an amama, and he would sit by ustuwana, and he would wait for them. And when they would come, then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa would send sahaba to fetch them from the door, bring them, and the Prophet sallallahu would meet them with a lot of love and care. So now the people of Najran are coming. The Prophet sallallahu wrote to them the letter. When they seen the letter, some said there's truth to it, some said there's no truth to it. There was huge debates that happened. Some of the people of Najran said, that this is a true prophet, we should go to him and go and listen to him. So, based on that, the people of Najran came to Medina. Normally, a wufud or any delegation that came were five people, ten people, three people, two people. For the first time ever, such a huge delegation was coming to Medina Munawara. What were their numbers? There were a strong 60 Christians coming from Najran. Now imagine 60 Christians coming to the masjid of the Prophet Secondly, the Sahaba said it was the time of Asr prayer. We just performed our Asr prayer and we sat and we heard the noise. And the Prophet was told that the delegation of Najran has arrived. 60 of them. The Prophet asked us all to go back and give some way. And he said, دَخَلَ سِكْتُونَ مِنْهُمْ One's name was Aqib. One's name was Sayyid, one name was Abdul Masih. All these great leaders and patriarchs of the time walked in. We never ever seen people more well-dressed because they were being spent upon by the Romans. They had very good relationship if you know the history of how Christianity was changed 
and sabotaged by Constantine 312 years after Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. Prior to that, the Romans had no interest in religion. They were following the Greek gods of the sun and the moon. But Maryam al-Hilaliyah, who was the mother of Constantine, convinced him to accept Christianity, but use it as a political draw card for the peasants and the farmers that were rebelling against them in the lands to draw them closer. But then he took 300 and some odd patriarchs and for weeks they sat and sabotaged and completely changed Christianity from its original form. So now the Romans are supporting the Christians. So they're getting a lot of gifts and they're getting a lot of handouts and they're getting so much stuff. They could dress up. They could come with the latest vehicles, the latest animals. When they walk, the Sahaba are, you know, poor. Sahaba don't even have shoes. So for them to see the scene of 60 of well-dressed men, combed up, sharp, walking in and sitting by the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the smell of perfume and affluence is coming from them, Shock Sahaba, who are these guys? But it's not the outer package, it's the heart, it's the iman, it's the yaqeen. So the Prophet welcomed them, and then it's time to pray. Now they are praying to another God, and they want to pray in the masjid of the Prophet. And they don't want to pray to Qibla, they want to turn around and they want to pray to the east. In those days, the Christians prayed to the east. Now this Sahaba did not <laughs> tolerate, especially Umar anhu. How can you worship Jesus in our mosque? And that too in another direction. And that too in front of us. And Sahaba were about to stop them when the Prophet said, leave them. Leave them. Let them pray. Let them pray their way, in their, you know, subhanAllah direction. Shows the tolerance of Islam. Because they don't know. After we preach to them and after they know, if they're still stubborn, then we won't allow them. But right now, they came to look for the truth. Let them be. Let's first have all these. You'll see two days later, Nabi Sallallahu will become strict with them. But now, it's not a time to be strict. Now it's a time for them to understand. And don't hate. Don't hate the person. Hate the action. We don't like the action here. We abhor it. But the people... They are potential Muslims. So the Prophet allowed them, imagine a Christian prayer taking place in the mosque of Rasulullah in front of Rasulullah and Sahaba. What tolerance. After that, subhanAllah, the Prophet allowed them to come and speak to him. So they started on the question, and they started on the question of of, of Jesus himself. And they asked, do you believe in Jesus? The Prophet وسلم, said to them, Aslim, accept Islam. So they said, Aslamna qablaka. We are Muslim before you. So they said, how is that? He said, we accepted Jesus before you. So we are Muslim. The Prophet وسلم, said, I disagree with you because of three things. Ja'alta al-Masiha walad Allah. If my brother Jesus was standing with me right now, he would not affirm your religion because of three things. You worship Jesus as the Son of God when he's not. 
He's the servant of Allah. Number one. Number two, you worship the cross. And number three, you make the swine halal when Jesus himself has made it haram. Because of these three things, you're not a believer. Until you do not fix these three things, you're not a believer in Jesus as his teachings is. So then they asked, okay, if you're talking about Jesus, then man abuhu, who is his father? He has a mother, but then who is his father? The Prophet said he does not have a father. He said, we don't listen to you. We don't believe you. How can a man not have a father? He has a father and God is his father. So Allah Ta'ala, so Nabi said, Allah yushbihul waladu walidahu. In daily life, if we look around us, does children not look like their fathers? Fathers not look like their sons? Don't they have some commonality? They said, yes, of course. So the Prophet said, then, وَهَلْ كَانَ يَأْكُلُ رَبُّكَ Your Rabb, your Allah, does he eat? They said, no. Does he drink? No. Does he sleep? No. Does he defecate? No. Does he urinate? No. وَكَانَ Sayyidina Al-Masih يَأْكُلُ وَيَشْرَبُ Sayyidina Isa was all respect would eat, drink and he would go to the bathroom too. So how is the difference between the son and the father? When the father is free from all these blemishes. And then the son has a normal body and he's defecating and urinating and you call him a god? Besides, the father has no parents. And this son has a mother. She kept him in her stomach and her tummy. And he came between najasa and impurity. So subhanAllah, they had no answer. They were quiet. But they were insistent that he has a father. So Nabi Karim said, you are tired. You came from a long suffer. Go and sleep. And he asked the Sahaba to prepare a good meal for them. And he put them up in the masjid itself. He allowed, because there were too many of them, he asked that the back part of the masjid be cleaned and be prepared for their sleeping. So now, 60 Nasara are sleeping in Masjid al-Nabawi. The place where Nabi Sallallahu makes his tahajjud salah. And then the next morning, not one ayat was revealed. Not two, not five, not ten, not fifteen, not twenty, not thirty, not fifty. Eighty-five ayat was revealed on the waft and the food of Najran in the Quran Kareem in Surah Al Imran. Several pages from the very beginning explaining in detail about Jesus. Over the weeks, inshallah, as Christmas is coming and all the confusion, we will go through these ayat, especially when our youngsters and our, mashallah, youth are coming now because schools are closed, so they can understand the concept of Christmas and Easter in the light of the Quran and Kareem. But I come to my point. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna Isa I'm not going through all 85 ayat. I'm starting way after the, just in the, before the ayat of Mubahala. The example of Jesus by Allah is nothing but like Adam, the first man. He created him from sand and molded him. And Allah Ta'ala said, be, and he was. The truth is from your Lord, he is telling you. 
don't be from amongst those that entertain doubt about it. Then Allah Ta'ala says, further the ayat of Mubahala. So subhanallah, then they had another thing. They said, Abraham is not a Muslim. Abraham is not a Jew. Abraham is a Christian. And some said, not, he's not a Jew or a Christian. He's, a, he's like this, a Sabi. And they started saying different things. And then Allah Ta'ala cleared that also in the Quran Karim. And he said, مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ Abraham was way before Moses and Jesus. He was not identified as a Christian or a Jew. He was upright, submitting to Allah. All the prophets submitted to Allah. Islam did not start with the advent of Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad came to complete it. Islam started on the advent of the creation of man. To believe in one Allah. And all the prophets after that proclaimed the same message. My beloved, subhanallah, once this was said, they became stubborn. Now they knew the truth. Now they knew the truth. Now they knew in and out. All the ayat were there. I mean, 85 ayat from the Quran to clear your doubts. But they still never believed. And they began to fight with the Prophet Three days ago, the Prophet was ready to give them his masjid to pray. Three days ago, the Prophet was ready to give them the masjid to live. Three days ago, the Prophet humbled himself. But after three days of trying to let them know the truth, and they know the truth, and the ayat came, and they have no answers, now they're stubborn. Now they don't want to listen. Now the attitude of the Prophet changes completely. Now the Prophet says, and the ayat came down, that listen, it's over now. Now either you believe, you don't want to believe, no problem, you continue in how you want to, but then you have to respect Islam and don't stop it. Or otherwise, we'll have to fight. This is it. But listen, if you are insistent that Jesus is the Son of God, then now we will make mubahala. What is mubahala? Mubahala is where the Prophet وسلم, says, he, I call, Allah says in the, in the Quran Karim, Ta'alaw nad'u abana'ana wa abana'akum wa nisa'ana wa nisa'akum wa anfusana wa anfusakum thumma nabtahil fanaj'al la'natallahi ala al-kathibin I call my women folk and you call your women folk. I call my children, you call your children. You call yourselves, you call myself and then we incur Allah's curse upon the lie. We say, oh Allah, Destroy the liar. If you're the liar, you'll be destroyed. If I'm the liar, I'll be destroyed. Simple as that. And subhanAllah, at that moment in time, when Nabi Sallallahu made this call, he called Ali radiallahu an. He had a shawl. He called Ali radiallahu an. He called Fatima to Zahra radiallahu anha. He had Hassan and Hussein. He called them and he put the shawl around them. And he said, call whomever you want from you. And then we will have the mubahala. At that moment in time, they quickly went back and the main patriarch who was the most, you know, exhaustive in fighting with the Prophet, they thought he'll be the first one to come. But in his mind, he knew that Nabi Sallallahu was true. What did he say? He said, I'm not going, you can go if you want. But the Qasam of Allah, hardly will you stand, this man will lift his dua. Not only you, but your progenies to come will all be destroyed. So they got scared. 
And they quickly came to the Prophet وسلم, and they said, no, 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 we don't want to do this mubahala. Give us a chance to think and we'll come back. The Prophet وسلم, at that time, his wife, Ummi Salima radiallahu anha, came to him and said, Ya Rasulullah, you took your family, take me too. He said, Antum ala khair. Don't worry, you're part of my family, you are khair. Why? Because he had nine wives. Now, I mean, you want to keep the group small. If all the wives come, it makes it a bit overwhelming. The Prophet said, you're my wives. And Allah referred to the wives in the Quran as Ahl al-Bayt. So you already Ahl al-Bayt. But I just needed a small little group to represent. That's all. Now, some people unfortunately say that the wives of the Prophet are not Ahl al-Bayt. And all those long stories I don't want to go into now. Now, my beloveds, I conclude by saying, Look at this. Just look at this. I'm concluding. The Prophet ﷺ now, after everything is finished, they're going away. They're not Muslim. They never believe. They never change. On their way back, they come to him and hold his hand and tell him, we don't believe, we differ, that's fine. But we respect the amazing hospitality you gave us. And we see something amongst you. You people are extremely fair and selfless. You're not selfish people. So could I ask, we're going back home, we've got a lot of fighting happening inwards. We are Christians. We just had big debates now. But we're talking about the everyday life. We see the peace amongst you Muslims, how you live, and how selfless you all are. Living three days in a masjid made them see the akhlaq of the believers. Please send one man from amongst you with us that will become our judge and will rule amongst us. And the Prophet sallallahu looked and he said, لا أبعث معكم إلا أمينا Today I will send such a trustworthy person, you never see the like of him. He's Aminu هذه الأمّة, the trustworthy man of this Ummah, Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu anhu, who obviously his grave is in Jordan, we always visit. Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu anhu was sent with them. He lived with them for six months and he ruled the Christians by the Sharia law. And they opted for it because they found the peace and they found the tranquility within it. My beloved, subhanallah, when they were going, one younger fellow on the road swore Rasulullah. We came here and this man is like this. He wants to make la'nat with us. You know, some words out of his tongue. The patriarch said, stop right now. Otherwise, Allah's azab will take you. He turned to him, he said, you told us he's wrong. Now you're telling me I mustn't swim. If he was the Nabi of Allah, then why didn't you tell us? He said, if we tell you that he is the Nabi of Allah and you listen to him, that the money from the Romans will finish. <laughs> the Romans won't give us the money anymore. All the gifts we get from Rome won't come. He said, is it that why you told us not to believe? Wallahi ashhadu allaha ilaha illallah. Wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. And that is why, my beloved, Allah calls the Christians darleen. He doesn't say maghdoob alayhim. Maghdoob alayhim are those whom Allah Ta'ala is angry with. But he says darleen. Darleen means those whom went astray because their leaders led them astray. Showed them the wrong path. They were innocent, but they fell for the long story. And they made their habits upon that. And alhamdulillah, that's why Allah says in another ayat of the Quran al-Kareem, you will find the Christians the most closest to the Muslims. That once they realize they're not stubborn and they change themselves because they realize that the Muslims love Jesus. 
and pray like Jesus more than they do their own selves. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all tawfiq. And inshallah in the coming weeks we will speak more on this topic. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.